What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Bird on Bears fans, it's your boy Path the Designer back at it again. Today we're going to be reacting, of course, to Coach Fluce and the boys' press conference before the Browns-Bears game. Here what they're talking about, I believe Tevin Jenkins spoke. Coach Fluce, of course, spoke today, and we'll get a couple of more in there as well. Then, going to get into, we got to break down, Mike March just running his mouth yet again. Always wants to be out here talking about what the Bears are doing. Not really though right like I'm, I'm always i don't know mike marsh just running his mouth out of nowhere i don't know why but here we go right like let's throw uh let's throw stones in a glass house mike that's what we want to do uh and then on the other side of that also could there be an opportunity for the chicago bears to be a trade partner here with the dallas cowboys after the injury to tyron smith we'll get into all that and more on today's episode of the windy city breeze daily sports talk let's go Now, if you are new to the channel, please like the video. Please subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking bears out bears talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. If in, and if you're in this chat right now and you haven't dropped the bird down in the chat, then you're not really in the chat right now. Come on. Let me get them bird downs in the chat. Shout out to everybody in the chat. I see Shay in the chat already. Already then dropping a what down? Bird on. That's what down we're on right now. Torian here with the bear football peace sign. Steve-O in the building saying yo Ivan says we here in the chat with the fire emoji shout out to Ivan uh DW <laughs> I like that name I'm not gonna lie to you that's a good one DW85 what's happening uh Steve-O speaks with the double bird Don uh Colin Cowherd's addicted to the Bears Torian yeah you already know <laughs> you already know Colin can't keep us off his mind man Colin's like Colin's looking at us like an ex-girlfriend bro it's like I remember when I used to somebody that I used to know that's how Colin is right now man um Listen, we got we heard from Coach Flus today at the podium. Uh, Want to get his take on where he sees this team being, where he thinks this team is heading to, and uh, just kind of you know where where the Bears are, uh, uh, what the Bears' plan is going into Cleveland. So we'll hear that, and then we'll hear uh, a little bit from Tevin Jenkins, who spoke as well, and then we'll get into a little bit more of the podcast side. We got some more bird dons in the chat over here. Tyler with a bird don, Devin with a bird don, Zachary with a bird don. Uh, he dropped the bear bear down. He dropped the bear and the bear emoji. You know what I'm saying? So big bear dons in this mug, man. Let's go out to Coach Fluce at the podium. Y'all sick of hearing from me. Let's go out to them. Coach Fluce, what you got to say? Hold on. What does Coach Fluce has to say? Hold on. Hold on. Give it a second. Do I got the site muted? I do got the site muted. Boom. So I thought. Hold on. Oh, you know what? You know what it is? Give it a second. Got to switch this out. I run a professional show here. I swear I do. But sometimes when it's a one-man show, you got to do what you do. Why can't I hear the coach? This is being weird. Give me a second here to work through whatever this issue is. Shout out to all you guys who understand what's going on here. Okay, let's go into the speakers. Hold on one second. I thought the operation was good. It was clean. All right, good afternoon. There uh, we so go. We finished off today with our uh, mock Friday. Um, so uh, just want to credit the players for this week. I thought they did a nice job of preparing. 
on first and second down day, and then also the, the third down and two-minute day yesterday, and also the red zone day today. So they, they did a nice job. Uh, today where we were just in you know helmets and shells there and the guys wanted to be a fast Friday you know uh, and a fast focus Friday so they did a nice job with that and uh, mostly gold zone and red zone type situations today a little bit of backed up situations and we finished off with move the ball so I thought the operation was good it was clean we didn't have a lot of penalties in there so it was good motion shifts were clean so we're looking forward to this uh, you know traveling up to Cleveland and uh, Going through the hotel, you know, experience there again for the second time. I thought last time, like I said, was really good. Uh, the guys were focused in the meetings, and you know, we're trying a little bit dif- different operation this time. We're going to do a uh, meetings at night because we have a night game, and then do, do a longer walkthrough the day of the game. So that's a little bit different. Sometimes you do all in one night, and then don't do anything the day of the game. So we'll have a walkthrough uh, day of the game at the hotel there, which will be good. Uh, I'll open it up to questions from there. Uh, Tuesday's practice, which would normally be your Wednesday yeah. game week, has run. It was pretty physical practice. Yep. Is, is that what you envisioned during the season, or is that more just still because it's August? Yeah, so you know, you're allowed to do that so many weeks, and then when you, when you have to stop, you stop. Um, so we're going to utilize that. Uh, we always look at the health of the team uh, with that, but that is our plan. Uh, so the peak day there is Wednesday, where you come off, you have two days off, and then you uh, basically, and then you come back Wednesday and get a pad, padded practice. It doesn't always have to be that way. You can slide your scale uh, to the peak day to the Thursday if you'd like. You can go shells on Wednesday, lighter day that day, and then when you go first, second, third down on Thursday, you can have a peak day there with the pads on. So uh, and that's just all based on where you are in the schedule. And I think you got to be mindful of that when you're by weeks at 14, week 14, you know, and then you have a little mini by there with our Thursday game with the Monday game after that. So um, yeah, you got to be mindful of it. How important is it for you and this hits principle that you're stressing to maintain that physicality throughout the regular season as much as you're allowed. No, that's important. That's important. You, you know, I call it being pad ready. you got to be able to get your pads down. Um, and as soon as you don't do that, you, you start playing high and you lose the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, one of the important parts of football is winning the line of scrimmage and on both sides. So I think that's an important piece to it where you have to stay in pads and you have to do that. And the guys know that. you got to stay sharp that way. For some of the guys that are fighting for some of the final spots in the roster, they obviously know this is their last chance in a game, but do you have a special message for them or anything about how to make the most of your opportunity here? Do you talk to them about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, this, is a, this is a time in the NFL, you know, where the last cuts are coming, and, you know, there's going to be a bunch of guys that, that don't make it across the whole league, you know, and, and uh, some of those guys were great college players, you know, and some of them, had, you know, had bounced around the league a little bit, and this may be their final, final to-do, you know. So I always feel for those guys. Um, I always say, hey, put your best foot forward. And apply what you learned. If this is the last football for you, apply what you learned in the game of football. And when you were here, okay, maybe we uh, imparted some wisdom to you and use that in life. You know, use that going forward in your relationships. Use it going forward in your business and uh, in the rest of the way you go. So um, that's my message to them. And it's, it's always difficult because you build a relationship with those guys and it's always uh, difficult to say goodbye. Short of, you know, Brisker and Harry and, the guys we know are out. Is there anybody you've ruled out for Saturday? Um, just the guys that we've talked about that have been out. You know, that's those are the guys that right now we're just looking to see where some guys are. And again, I'm not going to name names right now of who's out and who's in. With Byron, with Byron Pringle in particular, is there a time he needs to be out on the practice field for you to be comfortable with him? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's we, we obviously the closer, the, the sooner the better. You know, the sooner the better, we'll feel more comfortable. You know, he's got to get in there and get the game plan and get ready to go. So we're hopeful that he can do that. So we'll see where he is, and uh, we'll see what the training staff says. With receiver, is, is that an easier or harder position to jump back in uh, and make up for lost time in, as opposed to somewhere else? Mm, I, I think they're all hard. I think when you lose time on the grass, it's always hard to come back. You know, and I told Byron and I told the guys that are out, even Harry, that, hey, so you have to stay locked into the game plan. You really do, and you have to have, uh, you know, visualization uh, during the course at night to go through the plays to make sure you know how to align, how to assign, and how to do your job in that particular play. So uh, those guys have got to be on it mentally uh, when they're here in the building, but also at night to do the plays at night too in their mind. Well, that's a difficult practice that Adam was just talking about. 
it seemed like Roquan Smith kind of set the tone for that early. That first playoff team, he shot through the gap, put a pretty solid tackle on David Montgomery. Does your defense feel different just having him out there? We heard Jalen say the confidence is a little bit different when he's there. Does, to you, does it feel different when 50 is on the Yeah, like I said the other day, whenever you increase your talent level on uh, that side of the ball, really any side of the ball, you're going to see a little different. It's going to be a little bit different, and you certainly felt that. We all felt that. You guys saw it when he was out there playing. You know, on that toss sweep and then, you know, the zone play. So, um, you know, he's certainly an impactful player. We've said that all along. He's a, he's a really good player. So. It was about a week ago that you guys moved Kevin to guard, and he had about a minute to think about it before you put him in that preseason game. How did he look on that film? How has he kind of embraced the role and, and maybe improved over the last week or something? Yeah, I think he's just, you know, like you, anything with more experience, you know, you feel more comfortable. And I think he's getting there. You know, he's starting to feel more comfortable. Um, you know, we all had a hard practice on Wednesday, you know, so he had to push through that as well. And then I think he got his legs back under him, you know, yesterday, and, and it was a little bit better today. So, yeah, he's feeling more comfortable as he goes. And with 70 some guys uh, will likely be out there, how much of your eye will be on fields? And, and what are you, as the head coach, wanting to look for as opposed to just kind of taking Getsy's word for it that he's, you know, coming along? What, what, what are you looking for when you when Yeah, just, you know, poise, uh, execution. You know, running the offense, you know, having command, presence out there, um, him doing his thing. And then we're just excited to get him more in there, more comfortable. You know, he's a young player, and uh, this is a, a, a big game experience for him that he's going to have prior to the start of the season. And uh, he's excited about it. He's excited about getting out there and doing it. Just in general, what's your comfort level with his progress base? You know, being the head coach, you got so many things to watch. What's your comfort level with, with where he's at right now, especially relative to maybe what you thought when you – Inherited him. Yeah, I, well, I think we're all excited where he is right now with what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball and, and what he's doing with the offense, and we feel good about it. Do you, have, do you have a pretty good idea of what the starting offensive line is going to look like for the season opener, and how much can what happens Saturday still play into that? Yeah, I think we're still in that evaluation mode um, with the offensive line. Um, you know, we're still looking at a lot of guys. Uh, we're still looking at the combinations. I know we're kind of solidified, you know, as of late. Uh, the recent one that's been out there, and but we're still this thing is still open, the competition is still open. So everybody's got to put their best foot forward. They got to perform, you know, this Saturday, and they got they got to you know get it done on the field. The play, the catch near the sideline last week against the Seahawks that didn't get challenged. Yeah. I'm just curious when you guys got back here, when you guys got to look at the film, talk yeah. about that as a staff, like take away from that that you learned. Yeah, you always do post evaluation of all situations, you know. So you know. We didn't, like I said, after the in the media there, uh, we, we didn't get a good look. We got one look, and a couple guys on the sideline said it bounced on the ground. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let's let it go. Um, but then I said also, you know, if that's a, a regular season, you, you might you might throw it there, you know, because it, what's it cost you? You know, it costs you a timeout, you know, no big deal. But if, if I told the players this, that, hey, if Isaiah said, hey, I caught that thing, you know, come over to me and, and tell me. Because I, I always said this, I told the players this today, is that you get your best information from the players because they're out there. Because you're looking at pictures a lot of times, you're looking at real-time action, you don't get a good replay. The players give you the best information because they're out there. And I, I said, hey, you got to tell me yes, no, or, or I'm not sure, coach. You know, and then just go from there and just be honest. Just have an honest conversation, and that will help us discern and help us to figure out what we want to do with challenges, or you know, particularly you know, or fixing plays. You know, you're out there, you know, blocking schemes or what they're doing to us, offense and defense. So that'll help us. What about him leads you to think that he can either minimize those or avoid those? What, what mistakes are you talking about? We all know. Oh, you're saying generally? Yeah, generally. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought, all right. And what about Tyler leads you to think that he can have as few of those as possible? No, I just think he's a confident guy. I, th I think we've said it before where he, he likes to try things and he likes to, you know, uh, adjust his techniques and, and he is a very confident guy because he's, he's a good player. And he's done a lot of things, a lot of success over his career. So he's, he knows that, hey, we're going to have adversity. And it's how you respond to adversity that matters, right? So, you know, it's the NFL. You're always – everybody's going to get beat. Right, it's how do you respond to the next play that matters. You got to reset, cycle of the snap, and then go forward and keep moving. Because in, in the course of a game, you got to adjust, adapt, overcome as a as a player and also as a unit as a football team. You know to get it done. So, um, 
yeah, he's in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, it was really when I was with Rod. Um, bro, they fascination with this dang acronym, uh, bro. And I got together, I think it was 2013 or 14, somewhere in there. I think Rod took over in 2014. And, you know, the impact that he had on me, because I would look at his drills and how he did uh, his thing with the defensive line, because he was defensive coordinator and coaching defensive line at the time. And I said, well, shoot, this guy's a master coach. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be as good as him and, and, and do it his way. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to come up with a with something that I can measure, you know, so I can give immediate feedback to the players. And so everything is measured, you know, so every play, every detail. So, you know, when I talk about, you know, how the intensity part of it, well, I started measuring the last three yards. So from contact, you know, from player tackling to hitting the player running, running the ball, I measured that last three yards. I want to see an acceleration to and through. Okay, and then a hamstring tackle after that. So that's one way we would measure it. You know, it's like the well, the low system's been around since the Bucks, but um, you know the detail of that. So I wanted to do that with the hustle and the intensity part of it, and then the strip attempts. You know, are you really stripping it every play? Not just sticking your hand out there to appease me, but are you really going after it? And you know, we coach that every single play, and it's all measured, so you can coach details every single play. And what you'll see is that. When you do it offense, defense, and kicking, your, your team will, will understand the exact standards because everything's on the table. You, you don't hide anything. It's like, well, you got in strip attempt. I'm just going to let that go. No, we're not going to let that go. You got to get a strip attempt there. This is how you're going to do it. And uh, the players have bought into it. And, you know, we'll see where the buy in is. You know, we'll see it. We got to see it. We're only good as our last performance. We'll see what we do this performance. Was it pretty easy to come up with? acronym for it like did you know I mean hit obviously physical football I mean did you have an idea bro we do not care yeah. sure yeah. ask I'm questions cool about the game <laughs> um, he don't even that, care uh, sure it was you know yeah I just came up with it you, you talk about doing these measurements where, where you guys look at the film for the instant feedback for your linebacker coach your tight end coach yep. How long does it take, if you have a 90-minute practice out there, how long does it take them to go through that film to actually assign all these grades that you're talking about? Yeah, so during practice, we don't really we don't give grades. We just coach it. Dog, we for real? We see it, but during the games, it takes a long time to we grade. We for real? I mean, it takes a long time to grade because you're looking at, you know. This is what the Chicago media scheme, asking about right now? Okay, he did his job and, you know, okay, completed pass, all that. Well, we don't look at the game that way. We look at it a different way. So we have to grade those things every single play. And you have to put yourself in your position through that principle, through those foundations. And if you do that, then you're, the product will look like it's supposed to look. If you don't, let it, and let it, go, by, let it go by, and then all of a sudden it's going to creep in. Your, your team's not going to look the right way. Thank you. Fam, that's, that's, that's for real how we just – that, that's for real how we just ended that press conference on a two days before we about to go play a game? What? <laughs> um, Outside of that last little bit, a lot of good tidbits in there from Coach Flues. I'm... I'm flabbergasted out here, bro. Like legitimately, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say about that one right there. Um, but a lot of good tidbits from Coach Flus. If you guys are in here right now, man, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel I'm talking Bears. Our Bears talks. So make sure you get in tune with us, man. Um, shout out to all the Bear Dons in the chat. Philip dropping a Bear Don. Torian dropping another Bear Don. We got Baki with a Bear Don in the chat, bro. <laughs> That was so bad. <laughs> Mikey said, this is why we need Coach Hightower. At least at least it would be entertaining. <laughs> That's a good question. No, it's not. <laughs> like, hey, so here's the thing. If Coach Hightower don't say it's a good question, is it a terrible question? Is it like a god-awful question? Is that how this works? Um, some of the things that I really keyed in on that we heard Coach Flew say in there, um, just kind of about, how Tevin has improved his game, and we'll hear from Tevin Jenkins a little bit later. Uh, um, 
but how Tevin's getting more comfortable out there. How He said they had a really intense practice on Wednesday, got his legs back under him, and he's really getting comfortable with that right guard position. Uh, and, and as that's moving forward, kind of what's that gonna, going to become? He seems like he's really won that job over. Again, we'll talk a little bit later about possibilities that somebody might be on the train market depending on what this Bears team wants to do. But I think I think right now, right when you're looking at where uh, 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 this offensive line is going to be he's a real key part of it he's a real big part of 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 his growth at that right guard position is going to be a real big part of uh protecting justin fields and keeping guys keeping justin standing upright and so you want that to come in as quickly as possible if he is growing this fast right it does speak to the talent that the bears said that they felt they had with him there because you've swapped him around this offensive line a couple of times and then all of a sudden you really just uh uh um he, he's he's worked his way into every position pretty well and you you feel good about that if you're the Chicago Bears right you feel good about uh him being able to work his way into multiple positions on that offensive line because it's the offensive line you know there's going to be ups and downs you know there's going to be issues you know guys are going to get nicked up you know guys are going to get banged up you do want to have that guy that you can slide around of course you want to be able to keep guys to their same position but you want to have your best talent player be have that ability to move around and so if Tevin is in fact that best talent player for us it's good to see him be able to get a little bit of growth over there at right guard uh some of the other stuff that really stood out to me just kind of what he's going to be looking for and what he's looked for from Justin Fields in this preseason and and what he said when, when he brings out right I want to see how he's commanding the offense. I want to see how he's controlling the offense. I want to see how this offense is moving under him. We've seen this offense move, right? But we haven't seen it move as much with Justin Fields. We've seen it move against the twos. We've seen it move against the threes. That's why I said this game against Cleveland is going to be so important, not only for just the Chicago Bears offensive line and stuff like that. We dropped that video from yesterday's uh, live today, um, but also for this team or for Justin Fields as a whole, right? For building confidence. This is the team as crazy as it seems right to me, this is the biggest mental game, whether it's a preseason game or not that you can have. If you're Justin Fields, this is a huge mental game for you. Cause this is the team that repeatedly puts you on your butt. This is the team that repeatedly got to you and hit you. This is the team that started your career off essentially with doubt, so now you get to come out and at least for a half beat up on that team a little bit, feel a little bit better against that team, feel a little bit better against that front seven, feel a little bit more confident against that front seven. This could be a game that does springboard the Chicago Bears into a better season than a lot of people would hope they were going to have. Now, listen, it could all come crashing right back down. But at a minimum, right, if you see him play well against this starting front You'll feel a lot better, I believe, as Bears fans. And we don't know. I was trying to see kind of what the Browns game plan is here. If there's going to be a Miles Garrett out there, if there's going to be a lot of these big boys coming through, uh, even if there's not right, they just got a lot of talent over on that defensive side of the ball. So you still got to worry about it. But it's definitely a bigger difference if Miles Garrett is coming around the edge, right? Uh, hey, we got Al-Kadiq Muhammad at the podium next. He was breaking down some of the things that the, uh, we should expect to see on the defensive end. So why don't we go out to Al-Kadiq Muhammad again? Y'all want to hear me, but you'd rather hear the players on the field that are doing it. Uh, oh, before we do that, though, the other thing that I did like, I like the one who's the reporter. Somebody find out for me. Who's the reporter that asked the question on whether uh, uh, um, after looking at the film, how did they feel about not challenging that play on the sideline? Because I think that is a huge question to ask and what they would do in a real game situation. I love Coach Flus's answer, right? He's like, we didn't have a great look at it. We in, in regular season, maybe you waste that. Maybe you don't. In preseason, it doesn't matter as much. So you, you, you hold on to it, whatever you want to do. But I really like the fact that he said, I told the players, come tell me if you caught it and tell me the truth. Say yes, no, or I don't know, coach. Come tell me the truth because the players are going to know. That was the one thing that I was looking for on that play. I was like, did he even go tell Flus that he caught the ball or not? Like, did he let him know anything? Or was he just like, I'm going to be a good soldier and just go sit over here on the sideline and let the coaches do their job? I like that they have an open enough relationship that you can just go up to your head coach and be like, hey, coach, listen, I got that. I need you to throw the flag on this one. And listen, don't abuse it, right? Because, you know, those are the coaches that are like, I'll listen to you the first time. If you really feel like you caught it, 
okay, maybe we can have some leeway, but don't be coming to me on every play. Hey, coach, I got that. No, you didn't. Go sit on the sidelines, man. Uh, if you guys are in here now and you haven't done so, man, hit that like button on the video. We got 70-something people in here. Let's get 70 likes on this video, man. Uh, let's also go out to Al-Qadiq Muhammad, who's at the podium talking about this Bears defense. Said it again, I'm sorry. What are you hoping to get out of the game for you and the first team defense that you're playing probably your most significant playing time of the preseason on Saturday? Um, definitely to make a lot of plays, um, get better, um, just pretty much uh, put the hits principle on, this, on display. on defense where you need to work together with the same guys to build a cohesiveness moving into the regular season? Absolutely. Um, I mean, we do it every day. And, um, you know, um, in a real game, it's just good to just put it on display, um, reevaluate, look at some things that you could have done better. So um, it's definitely important. This week was the first week you've personally practiced with Roquan Smith on the field, uh, even going back to OTAs and stuff. What did you notice? What did you feel behind you? Um, he hits extremely hard. <laughs> no, he, he definitely hey, has hey, some. Um, Al tried so hard not to pause that. Funny, uh, <laughs> so, you know, you hear him back there talking and just um, just out there leading, um, setting an example. So that's always awesome. We've heard a lot about the hitch principle from your coaches and talked about with some of your, your teammates this week about how they felt the buy-in. As somebody who's been around Flus the last several years, can you sense that some of your guys are really starting to understand what he's preaching and you know taking the, the words into action? Um, definitely. I mean, each day when I watch the film, um, you know, everybody's getting better, including me, you know, at, um, you know, just putting the hits principle on display. And it's, uh, it's fun to be around guys that's just buying in and you know, everybody's just working together, together to um, to be great. When you were in his defense and you've been around the hits principle longer than most, did guys come to you like at any point, like does this actually work? Like, should we, you know, because I know guys have told us that they didn't, you know, t it was hard for some guys to buy in right away. Like, did they come to you to seek your advice on it? Uh, absolutely. Um, most of some of the guys just came to me and was like, "Yeah, I really practice like this every day," and I was like, "Yeah." So, <laughs> <laughs> um, as you continue to do it and just practice the way we practice, you get used to it. Um, it becomes just like um, simultaneous uh, reaction. So, when I, Coach Eberflus told us that there will be things where he's able to actually measure what those what each thing is hit hustle intensity, and he said he's talking about the final three yards on stuff. If you if you aren't hitting the hits principle, will coaches pull you aside and like show you stuff on film to be like, that's what we're talking about? Like actually giving you tangible examples of what they want to see? Um, definitely. I mean, in the meetings, we talk about it. Um, we make, we, we actually, we do it. So, um, coaches show examples of what it, what it look like, what it looks like when it's great and, uh, what it looks like when it's not so good. So, um, we do this every day. So, um, you'll be able to, evaluate yourself and know if that's the standard or not. So coach you mentioned several times you kinda of exemplified, you know, the hits principle. This is theory on how to play. He's talked about you always being a try hard guy, every single ref getting the most out of it. Do you kind of take that on as your responsibility to kind of set that standard for the D line, for the rest of the team, for the rest of the defensively, to make sure that you are always, always, you know, green through the white and all the other stuff we hear about? This is who I am as a player. So when it's when it's in your DNA, you don't have to really like. You don't think about it. You just do it. So. Eddie Jackson yesterday said he feels that people on the outside are really are doubting you as a team, and said he feels like you guys are going to trust some people. Is it something you guys talk about? Did you care about what the outside perception is, or use that in any way? I only care about what goes on in in this building. Um, to be honest, I, I've never heard anything. I don't even look for it or really, you know, read anything or anything of that nature. But, yeah, we only worry about, you know, getting um, getting better each day. Are there any similarities between how you feel about where this defense is headed at this point of this year and that 2018 season under Eberflus, his first year there, 
at the, uh, at the same point. Is there anything that compares or similar? I mean, every every team is different. Um, all I know is we're heading in the right direction. We've got the right guys, and uh, each day we out there getting better. With cut down day coming up, do you ever think back just on your journey with what happened with the Saints, and then you get to Indy, you get caught, go to practice squad, and then get called up? I definitely think about it. Um, I think about it in a way that, uh, you know, to get to this point of where I'm at now, I always think about it to, um, not, I wouldn't say motivate myself, but just keep that braid in the back of my mind that it's never o over. And, and every day, it's like an a interview. So um, I, just, you know, going through, um, from being a rookie and going through the process, um, it, it, it actually just, it's exciting, it's exciting to see guys um, go out there, make a lot of plays, and uh, put the league on notice. Um, and, uh, you know, if they don't make this team, they'll make another team. So, uh, you know, it just reminds me to just, you know, be the same guy every day. Was Al Kadik Muhammad from the Chicago Bears? I expect a lot from him this year. Uh, the, we heard a couple of guys talk about Roquan now, Coach Flus and Muhammad, just the impact that he makes on this defense. That's going to be on display uh, Saturday as well. I think I said Sunday before. CNI, shout out to you. He said Bear Don. CNI dropping some good comments in the chat. Also dropped a uh, dropped a uh, 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 go Yanks, Pat. I don't know about that one, my guy. You dropping a go Yanks out here? Come on now. Um. <laughs> But here's here's kind of what excites me about having Roquan back. When you talk about Roquan Smith's impact to a defense, the amount of ground that Roquan covers is going to make the best is going to make the rest of this team's life so much easier, especially a guy like Nicholas Morrow, especially a guy like Jalen Johnson, especially a guy like uh, uh, Kyler Gordon, right? Just because Roquan covers so much space and eats up so much space on this field, it's going to make other guys, it's going to make these quarterbacks' lives so much harder. And I think that that's something that just really plays into the strength of this defense. Again, all the issues with Roquan that we can name, all the St. Omnis, all the problems that, that have come up with re-signing him and whether we're going to re-sign him, whether we're going to trade him whether he's not going to be here in the offseason at the end of the day the bottom line is Roquan Smith is a freaking good linebacker in this NFL he's one of the best linebackers in this NFL and having him on your field makes this defense better a defense by the way that has not played poorly in most of this say uh, most of this season or preseason I should say a defense that has shown up more times than not in this preseason outside of that drive by Pat Mahomes. I was like, butter. <laughs> now, again, right, we haven't seen anything crazy. They're playing mostly man-to-man. -man. A lot of vanilla defenses, a lot of vanilla offenses. But as you're getting ready for this season, to have a guy like Roquan Smith on your field changes the comfort level of the guys that stand next to him. You know that you have that dog out there fighting with you. And I think that that's going to be the biggest difference coming into this uh, week three of preseason and then heading in to the regular season. Uh, I, I, I love having Al-Kadiq Muhammad speak as well. I think he's an interesting player. He talked about kind of his journey up with the Chicago or uh, through Indianapolis and now with the Chicago Bears, right? And how he was just, I mean, you, you saw him last season just have an ability to get to the quarterback. And I think that that's something that goes unlooked when you talk about this defense. You think about it. You have three guys on this defense right now that had over five sacks last season. You have two guys on this defense that had over eight sacks last season, and you have one guy on this defense that was at 18 and a half. 
So I'm really, really excited to see what kind of pressure this front line is going to bring when they're playing some legit defense. You've got some guys that can get to the quarterback, and you're going up against some offensive lines that unfortunately are going to struggle this season. I mean, honestly, like, again, I don't expect this Chicago Bears team to come out and be one of the most dominant defenses in the NFL, be one of the most dominant teams in the NFL, but I think they're good enough to beat Daniel Jones. I think they're good enough to beat Tyrod Taylor. I think they're good enough to beat Marcus Mariota. I think they're good enough to beat Tua Tagovailoa. I think you like you go through the quarterbacks that we're facing against. I feel like the Chicago Bears have a good enough defense to at least keep these guys under wraps, right? Like I don't expect them to go out here and just dominate every game, but I do expect them to hit some of these guys and get into that backfield with some of the offensive lines that we're going to be going up against. So I'm really excited for this. And I think right it, it, with a lot of these guys that I named, right, that the Bears are going to face this season, even going up in this week, right, uh, uh, versus Cleveland, pressure causes issues. Can you get pressure around that quarterback? Of course, getting the sack is going to be the biggest thing at the end of the day that's going to uh, interfere with the quarterback's mindset. But can you keep consistent pressure around these quarterbacks? Can you be around their feet? Can you make their pocket unclean? Can you make them unstable? Because that's the things that get guys like, right, that season where Kyler, uh, uh, Kyler Gordon, uh, um, why can't I think of his name now? It's not Kyler Gordon. Um can't think of I've forgotten older Chicago Bears that played for us like three years ago. That's okay. Uh, that season where the Bears had all the takeaways, all the interceptions, uh, um, you know, big, big money plays from their DBs, big money plays from Eddie Jackson, big money plays over the middle, right? That was because of pressure. That was because the Bears were in the backfield consistently. That was because the Bears were always in the quarterback's face. Pressure causes issues and so I think this is going to be a Bears team at a minimum you hope right that's going to be able to cause a lot of pressure for these quarterbacks Kyle Fuller thank you thank you GCA uh <laughs> I could not figure out that man's name at all it was Kyler and it was Kyle there we go that that's why y'all knew why I was having issues don't worry about it um but hey, again, the most important part of this team this season is going to be what this offensive line is able to do. And so because of that, let's go out now to Tevin Jenkins at the podium. Tevin with the uh, with the with the chill vibes going on today. Let's hear what Tevin Jenkins has to say on this Bears offensive line. And of course, on his comfort at that right guard position, that's going to be very important for the Bears this season. I would just say it's been like kind of like a roller coaster and a mix of emotions for me. Uh, from going from two or right tackle, three right tackle to go to second right guard, and I'm starting right now. It's a lot about season opportunity. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to doing this weekend. Who or what do you lean on when you go through a month like you've had? Uh, like I said, the past interviews, it's always my fiance. She's, she's my rock right now. She's. Uh, Holding up a lot for me right now, and I really th- I like it's. I'm really grateful for. Her. It's hard for her. Uh huh. <laughs> 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 uh, I wouldn't think so. But yeah. Within your game, what do you think suits the right guard position? In my game, yeah. Uh, physicality. It's like uh, you have a dude right there, right now. Instead of yeah, all this space, like you have all like at tackle, you have a lot of time to think about what's going to happen and and uh, a lot of space to do whatever technique you're thinking about. And at guard, it's happening like way, like a lot quicker, like very fast. Have you practiced there at any point in your past five, six, seven, eight years? Uh, Oklahoma State, it was about my red shirt freshman year. I was, I was a six man. So I had some games at guard, at left guard, right guard. And uh, that's really about it. Obviously, you played a preseason game days into changing positions how much more comfortable do you feel now uh a lot more comfortable than i was when i started because i actually had more reps under my belt and i'm starting to learn all the like tendencies all the consistency i need to have to be a guard instead of a tackle you've talked a couple times about the difference sorry you've talked a couple times about what's required in terms of the differences about how it's like in the phone booth now 
this is being outside, but in terms of the actual playbook, how much of an adjustment is it for you to have to learn what the responsibilities on a given play are for a guard versus a tackle? Or is that just something like, as a tackle, you know what everyone's doing up front? Well, ultimately the goal is for to make sure everybody knows every call throughout the whole way. But understanding that the guard has different calls at certain situations and certain runs and pass, uh, a lot of the things have to deal with his eyes and like having to understand where's the defense lining up and everything and being able to communicate with your tackle, tell them where's the mic and understanding uh, like uh, blitz looks and everything like that. And in the spring, they, uh, some of the coaches told us, I think it was Coach Eberflus, that they were going to tinker with this idea potentially to move you to guard. And that was during, you know, mini camp. Uh, were they telling you about that back then, that that might be somewhere they wanted to experiment with you? Uh, no, they didn't mention it until they called me the night before telling me I was going to go to guard the next day. Do you expect to be the, the starting right guard with Bears on September 11th? Is it your job to lose? Uh, that's kind of like a set-up question. <laughs> What's that? That's kind of like a... It's kind of like a headline question right there. I don't know. <laughs> hey, good job, Tevin. Good job. Good job. I'm never, I'm never one to be like, yeah, this is my job. I'm, not, I'm never one like that because that just sets for uh, bad chemistry throughout the whole team. I, I just don't believe in that. What do you think you need to do, though, to win that job, would you say? Uh, just keep being physical. Just no MAs, don't mess up, and just trust myself. What you about what you learn at any position on the offensive line is about subtle movements and you know small little things. Mm-hmm. Are you at the point at right guard where you know the base stuff enough that you can start doing those little subtle movements, or are you still kind of building that up? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but um, yeah, I feel like I'm still in the base, like the basis of it. Like you're still learning the, the how to tweak what I need to we need to do on certain people in certain situations right now. And as I get more reps and get more comfortable, that's when I'll start progressing in that. Like you said, start doing other things and start being. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, some of your teammates have said that you're such a nice guy off the, the field, super nice, really easygoing, and then you just get very physical once you're on the field. Does that switch go off for you? How, how do you manage that? Uh, it's probably ever since I was a kid. It's like. Uh, my mom used to tell me like all this stuff. I need to treat people all the same, have utmost respect. Um, you know, it's actually it's actually an emotional day for me because today is her day. She passed, and uh, it's a little hard for me to talk about it. There was a play um, last week against the Seahawks where they came down on like a double uh, a gap look with the linebackers, and then. The linebacker didn't end up coming. It looked like you and Larry handled it very well, shifting to the outside instead. Was that just an example? Do you know what play I'm talking about? Can you say it one more time? Sorry. So they came in like a mug look with both A gaps covered with the linebackers, and then the linebacker ended up uh, not blitzing. Mm-hmm. So you guys shifted. Both you and Larry seemed to shift correctly out to the just to the guys to the right of yourself instead of inside. How naturally did that come? Because that's that's sort of a test for somebody playing a right guard for the first time, knowing which guy to block. How easily did that come to you? Uh, very easy because I had a center like Sam, you know, tell me the right mic point, so I know I trust in his mic. And after that, it's just do your job. It's just coming off the ball real fast and uh, hard and just being able to just do that. So you don't want to say that the starting right tackle job is yours, but do you feel – Ready for that job, given how new you are to it? Uh, the starting right guard job? Yeah. You said right tackle. You know what I mean, right guard. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, yes, in my mind, I, was, I would like to think, yeah. yeah a couple more. That's another thing people always have, the coaches and players that we've talked to, one of the first things they say about you in terms of learning this position is that you're really smart. Has that been something? A, do you agree with that? And B, is that something that your football career, you're smart. Uh, I would like to assume that I am, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but um, I feel like, yeah, my my IQ and football IQ about things uh, has helped me throughout how I've been. And one thing that really helped me, like I feel like in high school I didn't have that much football IQ. And then when I got to college, 
uh, Zach Crabtree, he took me in under his wing. Like He was like a mentor to me. He was a right tackle at the time. And I think he's at USC right now being an assistant online coach. But the things he taught me really elevated my mind about thinking about how defenses play and how they work and how they like basically live. Like, like It's like a living organism really as defense. And that opened my mind to more possibilities than, oh, wow, he's just a three-tech. Okay, it doesn't mean nothing. So a lot of other things to think about. Kevin, how have you been able to kind of keep the roller coaster of emotions and everything that's gone over the last month, how have you kept that compartmentalized to be able to not take it on the field with you? Uh, for me, I just sit there and do like an internal search myself and say, this is my career, this is my life right here. I have to take hold of it the way I have to and better myself and not let the outside noise affect me. When you talk about season opportunity with like you moving the right guard, do you have to view it? Because I know Coach Eberflus told us that there's still competition on the O-line. Do you view that as the season opportunity, whether I'm here or potentially somewhere else? Uh, ultimately, film any film is good film. So, no matter if I'm going to be here or if a matter, or however, I know you guys know the trade rumors, all that stuff, and wherever that may be, I'm trying to get good film and be the best player I can be for myself. And hopefully, right now, it's for the Chicago Bears. Oh, my bad. That was Tevin Jenkins at the podium. Um, you know, still still with those trade rumors around him, uh, still with the possibility of trade on the table. Um, we've heard that from multiple sources. We've heard that multiple times around Tevin, but at least as of right now, it feels like he's going to be the starting right guard for the Chicago Bears. Good to hear he's getting more comfortable there. Didn't know that he had lost a parent uh, um, on on this date here. So first things first, prayers up to Tevin Jenkins on, on you know, being able to fight through that. Um, and and live with that you know every day that that's that's unimaginable bro uh, unimaginable um for me so i mean you know i've always prayers up to the family prayers up and, and love out to tevin jenkins um here's the one thing that i think you have to take away with when you're talking about what tevin brings to the table it seems as if right like, like he said his aggressiveness is a key for him being a good right guard for you. His aggressiveness is a key for him being able to go out there and be such a strong right tackle um, and his strength, right? Tevin, Tevin is not weak. Tevin is jacked. So I think that that's something that you have to look at and say, okay, I'm sorry, right guard. He, he, I did the same thing the reporter did. I think that's something you have to look at and say, okay, how is he going to be able to implement this? Does he have the reflexes? Does he have the, the athleticism? Does he have the, the strength, right? And as you start checking all of these off, he seems like he has all those measurables to be a really good right guard and hopefully a really good right guard for the Chicago bears team. But at the end of the day, right, that's kind of where the biggest question marks come in. And I'll be I'll be honest with you. Right. Let's jump into this topic here, because yesterday, as we know, Tyron Smith went down to injury. Now, Tevin Jenkins was brought to the Chicago Bears to be the Chicago Bears left tackle that's what he was drafted to do that's a position he played mostly right tackle uh, most of his life but he was brought here to be the Chicago Bears starting left tackle with the new regime that didn't work out and of course with all the trade rumors around Tevin Jenkins name the conversation that could possibly be on the table and the question for this video could the Chicago Bears be a real trade partner with the Dallas Cowboys, especially knowing that they just lost their starting left tackle in Tyron Smith? And not to say that I think Tevin Jenkins is the piece. It could be a guy like Riley Reef that moves over there as well. But I think that the Bears have a couple of pieces, right, that you feel like you could put out there and maybe, maybe bring back. If you're talking about Riley Reef, right, maybe you're talking about a fifth or a sixth, sixth round pick. I think if you're talking about Tevin Jenkins if you feel good about him if you feel like you're going to get some tape on him maybe you get up to a fourth or a third round pick but the one thing that we know about Ryan Pace is that he wants to build this team through the draft he wants to build this team with the longevity he doesn't want to have to go out there and just buy free agents he doesn't want to have to go out there and do what he had to do this season and bring in a guy like Michael Schofield guys like Riley Reef, because you didn't feel like you had enough talent here he wants to be able to build through that draft stockpile those draft picks and while I don't think the 
the Chicago Bears are tanking this season like many people do. While I don't think the Chicago Bears are going out there with a devoid of talent like many people do, uh, I do think that there is a possibility that they have come to accept the fact that, okay, we have enough here that if Tevin Jenkins and or Riley Reef were a possibility on the table to get some draft capital back that we could move forward and still be okay this season with the offensive line that we have now as far as they go have gone through it right I don't think that Tevin Jenkins is going to get moved at this point right you're going into the season it seems like he's the guy that's going to get that right guard starting position neither Schofield nor Reef uh, well not really Reef Reef wouldn't be the guy that you would look at there but neither uh, Michael Schofield really just hasn't done enough for you to say, okay, he's got the job. To me, neither is Tevin Jenkins, but I think Tevin's the guy that the coaching staff is really keying in on and looking at and saying, that's the guy that we want starting because he's the younger talent. He's going to be the longevity talent. If he can play that position, I think he is the talent that uh, uh, um, you want in that position anyway because you've got Braxton Jones at left tackle you feel good about. Maybe Larry Borum's able to do some things at right tackle that you feel good about. And if you have Tevin Jenkins doing things at right guard that you feel good about, that's three offensive line positions for you that are extremely young. You want your offensive lines to be younger. You want to move forward with offensive lines that are younger, that are going to be able to grow with Justin Fields, understand his intangibles, understand his technicalities. If he makes a move, they make a move, things like that, right? And so that's why you want to keep a guy like Tevin Jenkins on this team but I think Reef could be up in the air and here's the thing you have to have the conversation around listen the Cowboys are talking about protecting Dak Prescott they've doubled down on Dak Prescott as their starting franchise quarterback they have paid him he's gone through some injury issues they don't want him dealing with injury issues so now you're talking about a team that could be in a situation where they're getting a little bit desperate and maybe they are willing to they're willing to give a little bit more than the norm to get somebody in there that can protect him so like I said uh, let you you guys let me know in the chat let me know in the comments want to get to you guys comments as well where do you guys feel uh, uh um the bears could be as a trade partner with the dallas cowboys because you've got now at the end of it right you would be thin at the tackle position for sure if you feel like uh tevin jenkins could be a move maybe even larry borm's a name you throw in that conversation right although he's played more so right tackle in his career not as much left tackle but if you feel like there's a move there to be made right do you, what do you think the Bears could get back for a guy like Tevin Jenkins? What do you think the Bears could get back for a guy like Riley Reef? And then at the end of it all, right, would you make that kind of move? It would leave you extremely thin at the tackle position. If you had any injuries there, you would have you would basically have to go out and scour the world to try and find you somebody else. Because at that point, right, Riley Reef right now is your swing tackle. He's still at an extremely important position for you if you're the Chicago Bears. He's not in a position where you can just say, we don't need him. He can be a throwaway. But if you feel like you're getting maybe some higher draft compensation, maybe even you're able to get a fourth for Riley Reef in that situation because they are so desperate to see this or to uh, protect uh, uh, um, Dak Prescott at that quarterback position. Maybe they get a little bit too desperate and they give you a little bit more. Would you make that trade? I understand there's some people in the comments talking about Riley Reef. We haven't seen enough of them. Uh, we haven't seen any of them, really. And that, uh, um, you know, he's not going to be a key contributor to this offensive line. But that swing tackle position is absolutely an important position for your offensive line. He's the guy that comes in in a pinch. He's the guy that comes in when guys need a breather. He's a, still at a very important position for your offensive line. So moving on from him could be detrimental to the offensive line this season. But will it be detrimental to this team in the future that's where the question comes in. That's what you have to ask yourself. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments below. Let's see what you guys are saying in the comments here, man. Um, what do we got? Jay Sanders said, you don't trade a stud like Tevin Jenkins. Trade Reef. He's old. I don't disagree with that. 
I don't disagree with that. I wouldn't I I don't want to move on from Tevin Jenkins, but it seems like the Bears want to move on from Tevin Jenkins if the rumors are true, right? The rumors have been flying around that this guy's going to be traded since the beginning of training camp and he's still a Chicago Bear. So, I don't know uh uh um I don't know if he's actually getting moved. I don't know if that's the case. I do want him to be here. I like him better at that right guard position if he is going to continue to check those boxes off. But who knows, right? Uh, That's kind of what it comes down to. Uh, Tiff says, so if we trade Tevin to the Cowboys, the Cowboys will make Tevin switch positions again. Now go back to left tackle, left guard, probably at that left tackle position. That's where you'd want to see him at filling in for Tyron Smith, who went out for for, uh, the Cowboys at a very key position. Rio says Jenkins is not getting traded when you can move a guy around on the line that has edge plus the talent. He's a keeper. I agree with you. Um, Now that they've gotten past the maturity issues, it does seem like they feel like Tevin Jenkins is their most talented lineman because they've moved him around to three, four spots, and he's just kind of picked up those spots everywhere he's gone. Now, didn't look great. I think they had him at right tackle for a little bit. Didn't look great at right tackle, I will say that, versus the ones. Um, But hopefully, right, we see some improvement again this week. He's only been there a week. Uh, GCA says a third and a fourth. You're not getting that much for Tevin. You probably just get one pick out of that. Anthony Hendricks says a fourth for Reef. I don't think a fourth for Reef is a stretch. For Reef is a stretch uh, in that situation. I think that Riley Reef is a guy who could fetch you a fourth because he's experienced. He's somewhat talented. Not to say he's a great offensive lineman for the uh, uh, around this NFL. Not to say he's one of the best that you could go get but he's got NFL experience he's talent he's got some talent and he's going to be able to slide in and just be able to play you know what I'm saying so I think that Reef could be a uh, uh, um a play on the table and with the desperation that the Cowboys could be in to protect Dak Prescott you might be able to get a fourth I think that could be something that you've got on the table absolutely uh Brett Kimbrough says a fourth yes nothing less it's Riley Reef. I don't know. I think you could get a fourth, or I think you get a fourth or a third for Tevin Jenkins. Tevin might be able to come in with a little bit more of a premium because he's able to move around the line. Uh, Renewable says, I do it in Madden all the time. Sign for ages that flip them for picks and trades. I don't think this is the same thing, Renewable, but appreciate the comment. Uh, Quinton says, Keeping Reef as your backup tackle isn't a bad idea. He can be a, mem- a mentor to younger O linemen. Yeah, I listen. The best case scenario is right. All these guys work out. Riley Reefs your backup, and this offensive line is all of a sudden a good offensive line. That's your best case scenario. But you also have to take some time to consider it. Right? If they're willing to throw to throw a fifth or even a fourth at you for a guy like uh, Riley Reef, that's a conversation you got to have. That's a conversation you got to at least have that conversation on the phone because that is talks for me where all of a sudden okay yeah Reef's a piece of this team as your backup tackle this season. He's not your long-term answer. He's just not. So uh, I think that's kind of what it comes down to uh, when you're talking about that. Hey, let me know if you guys are watching this on a replay. Let me know how you guys feel in the comments below. Also, if you're listening on the podcast side, drop a five-star review with your thoughts on what the Bears should do at trade. We're going to do a special episode where we uh, uh, read off our five-star comments on the channel. Appreciate you guys for showing love. You can leave five-star on Apple, and you can leave five-star on Spotify now, which is pretty dope. So shout out to you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. Hey, one more thing before we get up out of here man it's the last talking point for me for the day um <laughs> mike martz is talking why is mike martz talking hey hold up hold up hold up hold up like the video if you ain't liked it because i gotta turn the hat around for this because when i start getting emotional when i start having real conversation i start moving the hands real a lot and then i knock my hat so hats backwards on this Mike Martz, talking to you, Mikey. Mike Martz said the Chicago Bears will have an offense that is as bad as the 0-16 Lions. Now, here's the thing. Where was Mike Martz the last four years? 
When the Bears had an offense, that's one of the worst offenses in NFL history. What was Mike Mars talking then, right? When you could see tangibly, tangibly, that this offense was putrid. Where was Mike Martz's commentary then? Oh, even on top of that, where was Mike Martz? When his offense that he was running with the Chicago Bears, when he had offensive weapons that should have been able to play better, that are some of the best players in Chicago Bears history, when he had an offensive line, where, where is that? Where's, where's that tangible evidence that that offensive line was good? You've been living off of the Rams' name for, what, 40 years now, and you're still trying to have this conversation like you were this miracle mind, an offensive genius in the NFL when in actuality most of your NFL career is made off of a name that you had in a couple of seasons and when you look at the vast majority of it you weren't very good it's always the dudes that have usually the least amount of talent that do the most amount of yapping so here's my thing for Mike Martz Mike Martz Mr. Run the Ball or Pass the Ball on the uh, one yard line and then Jay Cutler says F Mike Martz and gives the ball to arguably one of the best running backs in the NFL who runs it in immediately for a touchdown. Mr. Mike Martz who said, wow, I can't have this pass catching tight end in my system because that's not going to work for what I want to do because my system works. It doesn't work and you know what? You traded away Greg Olson who ended up being a pretty good tight end in the NFL and we really couldn't find one. By the way, all the blocking tight ends that you went out there to get sucked at blocking. So the position that you traded the good guy for, you couldn't even figure that one out. So Mike Martz wants to run his mouth and say this offense is going to be the same as the 0-16 Lions. My guy, you could have been coaching the 0-16 Lions with how your offenses have run. What are we talking about? What are we talking about right now? Mike Martz. I'll tell you, this is the thing, right? This is the thing. Affiliation with NFL doesn't mean great NFL mind. Affiliation with the NFL does not mean great NFL mind. We need to figure that out. We need to figure that out. Because there's people that get on these shows and they talk and they say, I did this in the NFL and I've done that in the NFL and I've done this in the NFL. And then you got, you ask them, you're like, so why aren't you in the NFL anymore? Now, Mike Martz, I get right. A little bit older, uh, uh, aged by, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, basically your offensive system, the second they figured it out, you had no answer on how to put another offensive system out there. I'm not saying that you're this that, that you're a, a football uh, uh, dummy like a lot of these national nerds out here, but my guy, you haven't seen the Bears offense yet. It's preseason. If you had any common sense up there, you would realize that just like y'all used to do, you're running a vanilla offense in the preseason. We've seen, and, and here's the thing, I would almost be on board with it if what we saw from the Chicago Bears offense has been terrible. But we've seen an offense that's actually moved the ball down the field. We've seen an offense that has had so many of these national nerds that have gone on their platforms and said the Bears offense is going to be terrible, that it literally was moving the ball down those team throats to the point where the national nerds that were on there were sitting there like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the Bears are, you know, they're really showing a little bit of something. And uh, and I'm looking at you, uh, uh, what's, what's the Detroit quarterback that ran out of bounds? It doesn't matter. Dan Orlovsky. Uh, oh, you know, they're showing me a little bit of something here, and but I still got a lot of faith in these Seahawks. I get that the Chicago Bears are an easy target. I get that it's easy to say that this offense is going to be the same offense as last season. I get all of that. That's the easy narrative. But that's also the lazy narrative. Because that's not what they've shown you. I don't know, dog. I got nothing. 
Anytime the Bears do anything remotely in the right direction, it's just like the national nerds or guys like Mark Martz just come out and they're just like, oh, well, let me tell you something. I bet you I would bet any amount of money Mike Martz hasn't watched a preseason game. And see, if Mike Martz was on here, if he was on this platform, which, Mike, you're always welcome to come. If he was on this platform, I'd ask Mike, Mike, who's on the team? Mike, who's on the offensive line? Mike, what do you think of these moves to bring these guys in? Because this is the part that when they're on these platforms, they don't tell you. They're not watching. Why would Mike March turn on his TV to watch the Chicago Bears? Because he coached here. He didn't win here. I'll bet you Mike March was celebrating just as hard as anybody when the Rams won the Super Bowl this year because that's where he won. So this is all that I have to say to the rest of you national nerds out there that want to pile on my Chicago Bears. I'll see you in the season. I'll see you during the season. Because if you listened to what Coach Flus was saying and you watched how the Bears were running their offense and you saw what the Bears were doing while running that same offense, even as vanilla as they're probably running it, you would realize that it doesn't matter if Justin Fields has five wide receiver targets. You would realize that it doesn't matter if these guys are able to create separation because the Bears are running a run-heavy style offense. Like the coach said six months ago. You see, if you're listening, you hear those things. When you're not listening, you just talk. Hey, man, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat, the designer, back at it again. Appreciate you guys for rocking with the show. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page if you haven't done so already. Um, I don't think we got anything else coming out today. Uh, make sure you guys check out the podcast side as well. We'll have the podcast uh, 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 up for this episode in, um, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, all that good stuff. And is there anything? Oh, Bear Dons in the chat. Let me get some more Bear Dons in the chat, man. Drop them Bear Dons in the chat. Because as always, man, hey, guess what? Most of us were Bears fans while Mike Martz was messing up play calls here. And we'll be Bears fans long after. <laughs> Appreciate y'all for showing so much love, man. It's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again to continue watching our Chicago Bears content. Click the links on the screen or check the links in the description below. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.